0: Welcome to episode 43 of CommuniCast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Make every word count and aim for progress, not perfection. According to this episode's guest, those are two great ways to become an effective communicator. Joining me is Alejandro Cornejo. Alejandro is a learning and organizational development consultant. Who eats, drinks, and sleeps development. In this episode, we talk about how to become a better listener, the importance of asking pertinent questions, and how words are like a chainsaw. I hope you enjoy. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really looking forward to this. I've been following your content on LinkedIn a good bit, and as I saw it, I was just like, wow, this guy and I think alike, we really see the value of communication skills and how you can develop them and how they can impact your personal and professional life. So I am really looking forward to chatting with you today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it myself.
0: Before we jump into a, a deep dive on this, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about you, your career journey, and what it is that you're doing today.
1: Yeah, so what I do is I I like to say that I help create great cultures in in companies by giving leaders the tools they need to be effective in engaging their teams. And one of those tools happens to be communication. That is probably one of the most important tools that, that we overlook at times. And my path to get here was almost like a jungle gym. It was one of those things where, I, for me, seeing Brian Tracy, who some of your, your listeners may be aware of, Brian Tracy, one of the top leadership gurus, I would say, I saw him speak once in, I think the year 2000, and it changed my life. When, when he gave that talk and, and he shared some, some concepts about personal development, it just, it blew my mind. I had never thought about those things. And then the rest of that time was just to figure out, all right, so how do I, get into a place where I'm doing this. So I had to go through a lot of different different avenues to, and I think that's a story in and of itself, to realize mm-hmm. what, what you really are passionate about or what you really like, and then just go in hardcore, as they say, and and make some decisions. I think that's that's the piece there. I had to decide, do I want to be in the HR administration, even HR strategy, or, or do I really want to get into learning and development and and go in burn the ships as they say and go in <laughs> head first and that's what i did i went through a lot of uh, hr positions till i finally uh, discovered hr development D- didn't know that that existed until i finally went to school and learned about it and and that's what i've done for the past 10 years or so is just within the hr development space diversity and inclusion leadership development and and that's where i spend most of my time now
0: i love it i I've heard of the 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 corporate ladder. I've heard of the corporate lattice. I think that's the first time I've heard of the corporate jungle gym, jungle gym, yes, right? And it brought me back to the playground days, back to third grade, just kind of swinging from the monkey bars and things like that. But no, that is, that is so cool. And I can hear the passion in your voice around what it is that you do, and especially around building those corporate cultures, which is so important. I think now more so than ever, and as you mentioned, communication is, I would argue, probably the most important part of that because you could have good people, you have great benefits, ping pong tables, free lunches, all that stuff. But if you aren't effectively communicating one about those resources, but really communicating what your organization is all about, what your culture is all about, the vision, the mission for the organization especially when times get tough, those things are going to fall by the wayside. And I think a lot of organizations are realizing that now all the free lunches in the world aren't going to help solve for poor leadership or really true poor, poor corporate culture.
1: Yeah, that it's, it's spot on. One of the things that I think about often and what I've learned is, and I was just reading about it this morning, the importance of individuals being competent in the pursuit of something that matters to them. So you could have someone in in very dire surroundings or or, or situations, but if that person is focused and pursuing a goal or a passion or something that they really care about, like what you're saying is that whatever situation they find themselves in won't limit them. Because what they get from pursuing that thing and having success, getting further, accomplishing more milestones, keeps fueling them. Now, don't get me wrong, having a nice office and having catered lunches and great parking spots is great. But I mm-hmm. think sometimes we put that in front of the, the the true important piece, which is that person pursuing something that they care about and mm-hmm. having competence doing it meaning that yes. they're accomplishing that goal. That is is really the breakfast of champions. And, and what you're saying is true. Unless someone is able to communicate that to them and, and help them connect to that, many people just have untapped potential. They're in that job and maybe they're doing something and they haven't tapped into th- their true potential because they don't understand with, or they don't understand how what they are doing impacts a much bigger purpose or mission. And it takes a good leader to be able to communicate that on a regular basis, not just at the beginning of the year, let's go get them. No, you have to be able to do that consistently Mm -hmm. and differently because every individual is different. So you have to be able to adapt that message to that individual based on where they are at that part of their career and in that part of the organization.
0: Spot on. And it it kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to chat about today was... I think in order to do all of that, you need to be a very strong communicator. So many things that you hit on there play into that. But when you hear that term, that somebody's a great communicator or a very strong communicator, what's the image that comes into mind for you? There are a, a lot of different
1: ones. I I think context p- plays a, a role there. It, it just depends where you are, but a good communicator understands where they are, and what type of communication is needed. If you're, for example, understanding your audience, if you're giving a keynote presentation speech, that's going to be a lot different than you having a one-on-one with one of your direct reports. But a good communicator understands that difference. And a good communicator, I believe, is also aware that it's about making a connection. Often the mistake that a lot of leaders make and and people who want to influence is they're not thinking about the connection that they have to make with the other person. And we all can fall into this because we do have passion about what we study, what we work in, what what our, our companies are about. But unless we understand the connection to the individual, then a lot of that is, is going to be wasted. In in the training space, we call it learning scrap. Learning scrap that, that a lot of times we're answering questions that no one has, has asked. Mm-hmm. So a good communicator has the ability to understand the audience, what the audience or that person needs in order to get to the next level of their development goal situation if, if it's if it's in a relationship th- the next level of, of understanding within that relationship and therefore they're constantly working on the ability to listen n- not just with the words but w- with, with the body with the context but they're constantly look looking out listening observing so that they can make the connection and understand what that person is communicating so that they can respond so that they can answer in a way that will provide a result uh, virginia Satir, if you're familiar with her she wrote or she's considered one of the the founding thought leaders around family therapy and in this book she in a book i think it's called connect i think that's the name of it but she says something that that I've always remembered. And she says, one of the problems we have is that we have the ability to talk. And I said, okay, well, what what does that mean? Tell me a little bit more there. And she goes on to say that because we know how to talk, it doesn't require much thought sometimes to do it. And the example that I connected with that is, I don't do work with a lot of heavy tools, for example, chainsaw. I, I have a, a a friend of mine who does that kind of thing and he mm-hmm. told me, you know, this thing is very dangerous. If if you're on a tree, and I mean this thing is heavy, I don't know, maybe like 40, 50 pounds. He said, if you get up there and you lose your leverage, if this thing falls off your hand, it can cut you in half. Mm-hmm. I said okay. And so so I don't I don't touch chainsaws. I, I I just, you know, I would rather just pay somebody, but even if I did, I I would have to read the instructions, be very careful before I turn that thing on and and follow, maybe have somebody coaching me because it's a dangerous tool. Now, it's also a very effective and powerful tool. So therefore, it requires skill to use it. And when used with skill, it provides value. With speaking and talking, Virginia's point is that it's so powerful but the hazard is since we since everyone knows how to talk because you learn how to talk when you're young you don't think about the purpose or the reason often of why you're saying something so a good communicator in in the times that matter we can't do it all the time we just don't have that kind of energy but when the stakes are high has the self-awareness to think about what am I trying to convey here? What is the objective of this interaction? How am I listening to what people are saying so that I can answer and and respond in a way that creates value? And communicators that can do that, leaders that can do that will always rise to the top. Those are the people who are consistently
0: delivering on results. That's fantastic. The the chainsaw, it clicked as you were going through that. Speaking... Is to the chainsaw kind of going like an SAT type of question, right? Speaking is to the chainsaw. I'd say writing perhaps is to a, a a handsaw, so to speak. Speaking can be a lot more efficient and powerful versus just getting out that traditional saw or maybe writing out a long email. You can get through a lot of stuff very quickly. You can really have an impact when you're speaking. Not to say that writing isn't powerful, but if you aren't thinking about that user's manual. You haven't really read the instructions, just like with that chainsaw, you can cause a lot of damage very quickly. Quick. One of the past guests was talking about how every person has their own invisible user's manual, just like that chainsaw. I have my invisible user's manual that shows and tells how I like to be communicated with. What's going to work best for me? Is it email? Is it being direct? Is it being supportive and uplifting? Whatever it may be. So it is so important to really think about that audience when you're communicating and take the time. And a lot of people miss this because it's so simple. The best way to do it is simply ask questions. You you hit on this, right? If you're not asking questions, it's gonna be really hard to understand what the audience wants. And when you focus your attention on that audience, that is the best way to make the connection that is so powerful and important to be an effective communicator.
1: Oh, absolutely. One of the key principles, the things that I, I, I like to think about each and every day is this whole concept that everyone, and I don't know, I've, I've heard many people say it, so I can't specifically give credit to one person individual, individually, but that Everyone, I think John Maxwell, I've heard say it too, but everyone has a sign uh, uh, like right here. Just imagine everyone has a sign that says, I'm important. I matter. I care. <laughs> so, yep. No, uh, I'm important. And I matter. So therefore, it's our ability to to care for them <laughs> and, and, and give them that listening ear. And when that happens, the possibilities of collaboration, ideas, just go Beyond anything that we can imagine, but that requires, I believe that's the listening, you will never know what to address on that sign. If, like you said, if you don't ask the question, if you don't become curious, if you don't become interested. And that, that's also the part of the communication. Often we just think of the speaker because the, the communicator, hey, we watch the TED Talks and we see all this great, oh, look at the hand gestures. I mean, did you see that <laughs> eye contact? Did you see those sound bites they use? Did you see that? And, and that's all part of it. But 100%. The, 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 the hazard or the danger again is that, if we only focus on the performance, which is Mm -hmm. again, a a strong part of it, we forget the part of the empathy and the listening and the care that that good communicators have because good communicators are just not on stage. That's developed in all aspects of their lives.
0: Absolutely, you have to have that whole, that well-rounded holistic approach to communication to have the biggest impact possible. Absolutely. Alejandro, you touched on really your focus is on building cultures, building very strong cultures for organizations. We've established communication is a big part of that. So in the work that you're doing and as you're interacting with teams and employees, what are some of the skills that are really most important or critical today for employees to have for companies to be successful? Understanding that it may be different than what it was 18, 24, 36 months ago.
1: Yeah, when we think about active listening and awareness, and we we're just going to have to continue to drive that. I don't think it's it's a bad thing. If we just talked about that, this whole podcast, yep. I think there would be value received because that's just one of the one of the characteristics, one of the traits that is is lacking the most that I see, even in my own life. That's something that I have to continue to work on because it, it changes every interaction you have. And one of the things that that we are deceived by, I believe, is is thinking that we can just turn that on, that I'm Mm going to actively listen, or I'm going to be present during this meeting. And I don't think it's just like a light switch. I believe that's something you have to develop. And when Mm -hmm. we have so much virtual interaction now, it's so easy to not be present and to not listen and to not be aware. And as a result, we're we're missing so much of the interaction, so many of the cues. Because how many I always say, how many of you right now are looking when I'm doing a training or I'm in a meeting virtually? How many of you have your second monitor and your email, your inbox is there, or maybe you're looking at something else, or maybe it's one of these numbers where you you, you have your phone and you know the phone's right here. So you, you've seen these kinds of things, right? Where I'm like this, <laughs> I'm looking at the phone. So yep. And that's a matter of listening. So if if you are in a physical location, if you have your phone on the table and you're looking at it, that person is going to see that. So it's different. And therefore now the ability to focus and listen, even to someone who may not be as engaging. I mean, we want to we want to teach our employees or, or or the people that we're coaching on how to communicate effectively because we know that online it's even harder. Mm-hmm. But I like to challenge people and say, even if they're not as exciting, if they're not as astute in these communication techniques, why don't we practice paying attention anyway? Because what that's doing it's it's helping you to become a much better listener, a much better. Team member, because you're making an effort to listen. It's, it's almost like a foreign language. You know, my, my mother is, I'm, well, I'm from El Salvador. My mother's from El Salvador. I came when I was nine years old. I came to the United States. So I learned English. And as a result, my accent is very faint. My mother has always spoken with an accent. And I remember early on, we, we lived in the Midwest. There weren't as many Hispanics or Latinos in the Midwest at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember people used to always say, uh, what did you say? Can you say that again? Uh, I don't understand what you're saying. And since I grew up like that, for me, it's not rare or or hard to pay attention when someone has an accent. Mm-hmm. Because my, my mother has always spoken like that. So I, I, I'm always aware of the nuances. But that's a great example that when, when someone has an accent, often here in the United States, we keep telling them. And this is feedback that I, I got a lot specifically from our Asian co-workers that they would say, why is development for us always about we need to improve our English? You know, that's that's interesting that the development, the feedback was typically English, English, English. It wasn't in anything else. And and I said, hmm, what about if our development was as opposed to, okay, learn to set better goals or, or, you know, learn to be more analytical with this report? What if it would be in some situations, learn to listen better to someone that has an accent? I mean, right? I mean, when you think about it and when they told me that it shifted my way of thinking and about listening because sometimes we typically think it's the other person's fault. Even in relationships, think about marriages, think about father, son, father, daughter. I mean, I'm speaking from that term because I I have Mm -hmm. two kids or parent, child, cousin, aunt, uncle, partners. We typically tend to blame other people in their communication or whatnot but what about us? I, 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 don't get me wrong. People still should work on it. But I think even in the workplace now, we need to develop our ability to listen, to understand, to to ask better questions. Because that's the thing. If you're listening to someone, do you just give up and just say, oh, you know, I'm like, let me just get to this email on the second screen here yep. or whatever. Or let me just check out. Oh, this is so boring. Let me just check out. Or, Or, or do I ask a question? Or let me ask something else. Scott another skill is can you give feedback are you willing first of all do you have the courage and candor to give feedback and not just constructive can you give supportive feedback are you and see that's the thing you can't do that if you're not paying attention if you're not paying attention if you're not observing or if you're not listening you will not be able to give effective feedback because you you, you didn't pay attention to what they were doing mm-hmm. so you could the ability to give feedback is going to be critical, because if we are doing virtual presentations, maybe someone can say, hey, I noticed when you, when you used that slide, you asked us to use the annotation tools. And it really helped me pay more attention, because I really get disconnected. I get bored in these meetings. But the fact that you had interactive slides really helped me. That's feedback that should be given. And also, if they didn't, you should be able to say, hey, listen, Next time you Mm -hmm. give a presentation, Scott, uh, maybe consider a little bit more interaction because I got to tell you about 10, 15 minutes in, I was already checking my emails. I got checked out a little bit. And I think if you ask more questions or if you add more interactive material, it would keep the audience more engaged. Is there anything I can help you with in doing that? Or I can share the things that I use, but the ability to do that, to give that feedback only comes if you're at least trying to pay attention. Yes.
0: So, I believe those two things are just so critical. It's huge and very powerful stuff there. For me, life is all about choices. So, when you're faced with a situation where perhaps somebody's hard to understand, maybe they're not the most engaging speaker or presenter, you have a choice. You can yeah. either tune out and blame them, or you can lean in. Right before we started this, one of the things I said, okay, let me get all my distractions taken care of. I have a routine that I go through every time I go into a meeting or or especially when I'm going into one of these episode recordings. I shut my office door. My phone gets turned completely off. Email gets shut completely down. Communicator gets turned to do not disturb. And depending on the time of day, if it's later in the afternoon, a text message goes out to my family, hey, I'm recording Please don't knock at the door. Please don't do anything. You know, this. I need to be focused. So have a routine so that when you're faced with a challenging communication sit- situation, you can lean in rather than tuning out. Absolutely. Alejandro, if you think back through your career progression, if someone were to, say, describe you or to pinpoint one or two of your communication skills that have really led to your success, what would they say?
1: Well, I would answer that by, given that I train and coach for, for a living, the ability to ask pertinent questions. And that's something that came later. When I first got into the space, because as you can tell, I'm, I'm very passionate about personal development and communication, you, you just want to give it to them. Oh, man, let me just, let me tell you, this is so great. <laughs> and, and and I do that on my videos, in my content. I'm, oh, man, this is so exciting. And, and that's the place for it. But one of the things I learned that took my facilitation to the next level, took my coaching to the next level, I, I believe, and, and that's the feedback that I've received, is my ability to ask pertinent questions. And I have to credit my my uh, mentor, Terrence Donahue. He said something to me that I never forgot. He said, do you want to be the sage on the stage or do you want to be the guide on the side? And I had never heard that up to, up to that point. And I said, oh, th- that's interesting. Hmm. And, and he said, don't get me wrong. There, there's a time and place for everything. Yep. When you're doing a keynote speech or, or something like that, that's the time for doing it. But as you train people, if you're, if you're doing a workshop, if you're coaching, at that point, it's the ability to ask questions. And you won't know what those questions are unless you are paying attention to what are people saying what, what are they saying verbally? What are they saying with their eyes? What are they saying with their body? What are they saying with them not saying anything? And understanding that until you get them to say something, then you really don't know what they're thinking. And as we get back to what I mentioned earlier, Scott, in, in communication, the key is for us to understand what are people thinking. The, the The trap that we fall into is that we think we already know what people are thinking. A lot of managers, they they, they talk to their employees as if they already know what, oh, but I know know what they're thinking. Well, how do you know that? And here's the thing. You could craft the most articulate. You could use all the power words. You could craft the most articulate message, and it would still fall flat if you don't consider what they're thinking. So... The ability to ask those questions, but then the ability to articulate a concept to a question that they may have, to something that that they've addressed that they want more unpackaging of. I think that's the other piece too, is the ability to really answer that question and to create value for them that they can take away for application. So it's an iterative process that requires awareness. It requires thought, but then it also takes the ability to articulate it. I don't want to minimize that too, is that often we can have these great ideas or we can get all this, this feedback, all this input, but then we have to be able to codify all that information and then deliver it succinctly or in a way that's memorable using sticky language. That's the other thing too, is doing things that people remember. If you deliver a message, and it's not memorable, then learning scrap, we've lost an opportunity. And for me, I think those are the things that have that have helped me that I continue to work on is once I synthesize and once I get all the information, we have the engagement, how do I continue to, to learn and use language that is sticky, and that helps people to apply the information.
0: There is a small nuance in there that I want to point out to make sure that everyone picks up on. When you talked about the ability of asking questions, you didn't just say, I ask questions. You ask pertinent questions. That's really important, that pertinent point of that. Because coming out of a sales and sales leadership background, I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings with sales reps where They're just asking questions because they're the questions that they prepared ahead of time that they ask in every single sales call. And because they're just so focused on the questions that they prepared, they're not listening. They're missing out on key opportunities where a client has just shared something very powerful, very meaningful, where we may be able to help them out dramatically and they just blow right by it because they had this list of preconceived questions or pre-prepared questions in their head. They needed to check the box and to get through. And I see it now, even on in my current role, as I'm meeting with outside vendors for potential products and solutions and services for the company, where they're just going through the checklist. They're not really listening to what I'm saying, the challenges that I'm having. They're like, okay, yep. And then it's almost like, next, check, next, mm. check. So that ability to ask pertinent questions is very powerful, and it goes back to a lot of what we talked about, listening, right? You've prepared, you've eliminated those distractions, and you're actively listening so you can process, take the time, and then really dig in with those meaningful questions. Alejandro, you've, you've already touched on a few people here. You recently mentioned a mentor. You've talked about some authors, some leadership experts, but you know, has there been – Either one of these folks we could dive into a little bit more or perhaps somebody else that has really influenced your communication style. Maybe was there something that you took from them that you saw you liked? maybe tweaked it a little bit and really made it your own thing? Oh, man. (laughs) There's
1: there's so many of them. I, I admire so many people. I'm trying to think there's a couple certainly you know my mentor and who was my boss as well Terence Donahue he's someone who while his energy was not the highest just his ability to to connect through those questions I I've, I've never seen someone just have an audience connected by, by simply just asking questions. And I tend to be a high energy person. and mm-hmm. that, That's just me. And that helps me. I leverage that. When I get enthusiastic, I get in my classroom and people realize, okay, we're not just going to just sit <laughs> back here. It's not going to be one of those situations. And, and, and I leverage that. But what I've, I learned from Terrence is, is that ability to get the audience to think. And and sending messages. Well, you know, one thing he told me that, that that I always use is the messages you send just by your body language. The messages you send that you want the audience to pick up on almost unconsciously, implicitly. And he said, sometimes I will ask a question, Alejandro. And 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 here's the other thing. I'll finish that. But but he says. A lot of what I'm doing is intentional. It looks like it's not intentional. It looks like I'm Absolutely. just I'm just doing. And and he said, I, I, all of this was planned. And that is something that it took my my learning to another level because he's he looks so natural doing it. And he said, notice. I asked them a question. He said, Did you notice that after I asked them, I sat down. And he said, why do you think I sat down? He said, It's not because I, I my, my legs hurt. It's because it sends a signal that, all right, I'm going to ask you this question. And I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to wait. And I put my pen down. I put my materials down. And I sat down. And I said, wow. But so the ability to have those kinds of intentions and do it in a way where the speaker, where you know what you're doing it. Well, or you, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and the result that you want to come out of it. So him, also Michael Port, Michael Port, I went to one of his boot camps, uh, heroic public speaking, steal the show, I think was the name of the book. But same thing. He talked a lot about intentionality and the the professional speaker communicator, it's intentional. They're just not intuitive. And he said, when you're intuitive, sometimes it's a hit or miss. You, mm-hmm. Some magic happens, but you you can't reproduce it all the time. Everything has to align. But when you're intentional, then, then you're thinking about, and it's about serving your audience because you want your audience to have a specific experience. And therefore, you have to think about that. And as a result, you have certain, what we, what we would call scripting, blocking, things of that nature, but but it's intentional to serve your audience because what you're there for is for them to be positively impacted. And when you always think about your audience, both of those, Michael Port and, and, and Terrence, it's always about serving the audience. If you keep your eye on that, then everything that you're doing and should be to the benefit of
0: that audience. Absolutely agree. And as I think about that, I would say once you've got to the point where you've pretty much mastered the art of communication, you could perhaps give a speech and maybe somebody watches a recording of that speech and they could turn off the audio. Mm. And after a few minutes, they could likely have a good sense as to what was going on in that speech, right? They're not going to know the specific content, but they're going to know the tone of it. Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Was it somber? Was energy? Just by watching all of the things that they do, whether they pause, how they're gesturing, the Mm -hmm. pace at which they're speaking, they're not going to hear it, but they're going to be able to see that through their face and their their body language that's going along with that. And there was a recent video I saw. It may have been a TED Talk where the person spent the entire seven or so minutes basically telling the audience, I'm not going to tell you anything today. I don't have any content prepared. This There's no specific message here, but I'm gonna be real serious. And so he went through this whole thing and just by bringing the audience back in, his body language, his gestures, his intonation, his pace, he kind of fluctuated, right, how you would in a normal presentation. So that part of it is so powerful. And to really plan for it, sometimes it does come naturally as you do it a lot, those gestures and things like that, but planning in certain things, when you get good at it, it becomes very natural. The audience isn't going to know it, but it is absolutely going to signal something to them.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and it's and it's powerful because it's the unspoken herd. It it just it's being transmitted. And that's, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. I mean, that that yep. kind of, of energy transmission and it's happening.
0: Yeah. Alejandro, as we are wrapping up here. What closing piece of advice would you have for the listeners really around the importance of developing your communication skills and ultimately how it can impact your career and your life?
1: What I would say is get started and aim for progress, not perfection, aim for progress, not perfection. When we see, and and this is for me too, when I see a Tony Robbins or when I see Brian Tracy, when you see I'm Myron Golden, you have to understand, first of all, that you are you. And that's one of the things that Michael Port also said. It says every presentation is an authentic performance, it's an authentic performance for that particular context, right? But it's an authentic performance of you. So when you get started, you have to explore hey, wh- who am I? W- what is my. Communication style, let's say, you know, who am I? What are those things? Because all of us have, I believe, some giftings. There's something you have. You may not have the great James Earl Jones voice, <laughs> but there may be this aura that you have that, that you're confident. Or you, you may have some people just have a great voice and they don't even they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding, first of all, once I start then I can have awareness and I can start making notes and begin to develop or understand what is weakness? What is a strength? Almost like a SWOT analysis. Currently, mm-hmm. how good of a communicator? What are the strengths, the weaknesses, opportunities, things of that nature? So start there. And then once you start, begin development in an area and always be intentional about that area. I tell folks in, in the, the, the workshop that I do and presenting that don't wait for an opportunity to present on to a group to work on your presentation skills you can work on your presentation skills every day w- one thing here's a tip here's some, something somebody can use filler words uh, mm, uh you know well you know mm-hmm. scott you know you know what i mean scott uh <laughs> we all have them we all have these yep. things and it's not a problem until they become a problem When that's what I'm paying attention to, oh boy, this person just says, um, every other sentence. Most people are trying to get rid of their ums when they're on stage. So I say, don't do that. Work on that every day. And to do that, it's hard because you're working on everything else. So I said, you have to have an association and a trigger. Just as we think of habits, you have to have something that triggers the the behavior and then a reward. So so trigger, action, reward. So I always, what I do, I always practice my speech fillers when I'm having phone conversations and virtual meetings like this. So even this whole time, Scott, I've been aware, all right, I need to work on making every word count. And that's how I always think too. I don't think of, don't say um, I think make every word count. If I don't have a word, I'm just gonna pause. But it's primarily practiced when my phone rings and I'm talking to someone or I'm doing some kind of a Webex virtual call. But now what I'm doing is I'm creating intentionality around my development. So if you're starting out, maybe you have a lot of ums, guess what? You can work on those before you get to the presentation. Every time you get a phone call, realize, oh, I can work on making every word count. If you're on a virtual call, do it. But that's the trigger. The phone rings. All right. Let me make every word count. If you do that guaranteed, you will get better. Guaranteed you will get better. So that's my thing. And aim for progress. Don't aim for perfection. You won't be like your your hero, your public speaking hero overnight. It took them years to get there. Be better than you were yesterday. And as a result, you're going to get that endorphin hit, but you won't know that you're better if you're not measuring it. We measure what we treasure. So Make sure that you're taking note of that. If you're working on those speech fillers, if whatever you're working on, just be mm-hmm. intentional and then get review your, your, your performance, get feedback so that you can continue to improve.
0: Fantastic. I love the make every word count and practicing it on the phone calls and video conferences. I do something very similar. So at, at our company, we teach something called eye brain control. Deliver one thought to one set of eyes, pause in between thoughts, until you get to the next set of eyes. So you can't see it here, but on my monitors, I have two monitors on the left side, on the middle of the two monitors on the right side, I have little cartoon sticker eyeballs. So when I'm on the phone, I'm looking at a set of eyes and delivering that thought. Now I'm looking at another set of these cartoon eyeballs on my monitor, delivering a thought. That's my way to practice it on the phone call. And when I'm on a video call, when I'm looking primarily directly into the camera, I still see those eyeballs out of my peripheral. So it's that constant reminder, Mm. one thought, one set of eyes, and it forces me to pause, which is the best way to eliminate those filler words. And I would challenge whoever listens to this, if you have a lot of free time on your hands, go back through the recording. I'm willing to bet between the two of us, there were probably less than five filler words, ums, ahs, things like that, because we both practice these skills on a regular basis. So Alejandro, this was great. I jotted down the closing pieces of advice. Get started, aim for progress, make every word matter. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciated it and hope you have the great rest of your day. Thanks Scott. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Alejandro Cornejo. Alejandro's take on making every word count is so important. Whether it is speaking, or writing, focusing on making every word count will eliminate unnecessary words and help you to be more concise. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to CommuniCast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.